Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Today we're talking with expert dog trainer and behaviorist Jonathan Klein. He's the owner of the award-winning training and boarding facility, I Said Sit, School for Dogs in Los Angeles. He's a pioneer in the causative approach to training in which behavioral problems are solved by removing the cause rather than punishing the dog for the symptoms. Jonathan has trained more than 8,000 dogs over his 23-plus year career. He's also offering training tips and can answer any questions you may have on his website, thedogbehaviorexpert.com. Welcome, Jonathan. Hi. Glad to be here, Val. Love to have you. You say that dog training is far more effective when we use praise and rewards to teach our dogs what we want them to do, as opposed to punishing them when they've done wrong. Why do you say that? Well, um, the the real the thing that's the most important to me is to help people eliminate the cause of problems and not just suppress the symptoms of the problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, for many many years, dog training was done by telling dogs what not to do. Right. And it has just made dogs. Uh, if, if the dog is really scared, it just turns the dog into a wallflower that won't do anything. And if the dog is really um, an outgoing, boisterous, or potentially aggressive dog, it turns the dog into a very outgoing, nasty, and aggressive dog. Wow. And okay. so those methods uh, can have really disastrous effects. And uh, over my career, you know, I've I've changed. Uh, I, I didn't always train this way, but I... Uh, I thought, wouldn't there be a way to train dogs by being nice to them instead of by being mean to them? Wow. And so it makes training a lot more fun that way, too. I can I can see that. I'm, I'm really glad you said that. It makes so much sense. I mean, none of us like to be trained, you know, through punishment, right? Right. Nobody right. likes that. And why would our dogs respond well to it? It makes total sense to me. The dogs wow. don't respond well to it. No, they really don't. I'm glad you said it. So... I have to ask you this. Are you ready? So, sure. Can you tell us one of your most embarrassing moments in training dogs? Well, the the most embarrassing moment that I can think of was more about a client than the than the than the dog. But okay. uh, I was uh, uh, working with a lady, and and um, I noticed uh, a, a loose hair, and I thought I would. Um, Anyway, it turned out that the hair was attached, 
and it was very embarrassing for both of us, and that's all. I'm going to go on with that one. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it. Uh, so so you're a real person, and, uh, you know, we all make mistakes, and I bet uh, lesson learned. So if, if a person has a dog hair or so, what looks like that on their face, you kind of leave it alone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Lesson learned. Oh, my God. Uh, so, um, so what do you think some of the biggest mistakes people make with their dogs are? Well, I, I think the the first the first thing is uh, you know letting letting dogs learn the wrong behavior in the in the first place. And, ah, and okay. uh, uh, my my whole approach is going to be uh, uh, not to tell a client or to tell a, you know to approach a dog as as to what to do to stop the dog when this behavior occurs but how to prevent that behavior from ever occurring or ever ever being learned in the first place okay can you give us an example yeah if the dog has uh well it's, it's i could give you a, a thousand examples mm-hmm. the the yeah. the uh um the simplest one, if if the dog uh, jumps on the couch for one second, once in its life, it knows that that's the most wonderfully comfortable place in the world. <laughs> and every time the dog walks by the couch, the dog's going to say, oh, my God, it's comfortable there. I loved being there. And you can't take that information away from the dog no matter how many times you bring the dog up to the couch and reprimand them and say no this is bad no this is bad mm-hmm. the dog is learning something completely different the dog is learning that being anywhere near the couch when my owner's around is bad but the couch in and of itself is still absolutely the most wonderful place in the world to lie down and plus it smells like my owner mm-hmm. right okay so so it'd be It'd be much easier to uh, reward the dog for lying on its bed, to keep the dog somewhere where it can't get to the couch. And I think another really common mistake is making the treatment more fun than the problem. So, in other words, if the dog gets on the couch and we all come running across the room and go, no, dog, get off the couch, Mm -hmm. then the big epic scene around the solution is a lot more fun um so the 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 dog is going to have a tendency to continue that behavior okay okay so tell me about some of the ways that you can make training fun for dogs and for us too can you give us a few ideas on that well um uh we do a lot of little training games and and uh okay. um i had an example with um a client um uh yesterday day before yesterday that um uh was a an an older gentleman certainly healthy and active but but qu- quite old and he had a a pretty boisterous golden retriever he said that the dog couldn't um Pay, uh, couldn't pay attention and was on the verge of aggressive when he saw other dogs out on the out on the street on a walk. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so we we uh, we did um, a couple different little little games and and even he uh, it was very interesting because he watched me with his dog and we do clicker training and we do food and reward based training. Okay. So the dog liked the food. Um, it, it, it was a, it was a set.
setup to be successful, and they're, they're you know, I mean, we. I'm thinking of other dogs that would take much longer to get to this point, but this dog came in ready to learn, mm-hmm. and oh. we we used we used uh, a game of teaching the dog to find a treat that we tossed across the floor. Um, I wanted to use a game of teaching the dog to catch a treat, but the dog wasn't that coordinated, and the <laughs> owner wasn't that coordinated. So okay. I can relate. He kept dro- dropping the treats and running across the floor, and and. Uh, Anyway, so you know, we did this little lesson, and 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 uh, uh, you know, I, we were we were near the end of the, the the lesson, and and I asked the gentleman. I said, so you know, have I given you? Uh, has it been helpful? Uh, have I given you some tools to work with? And he, he says, oh, it's been very helpful, very informative. But the problem is, is you haven't done anything to help me with the aggression problem. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to keep playing that game that we've been playing with your dog. And I'm going to go get a dog. And I turned him so that he could face where I was going to be. His dog could see where I was going to be with the dog. And he couldn't see where I was going to be with the dog. And I asked him to play this little game where he was having his dog catch or do its best at catching the treats. And um, I asked him, I, I came out, I'm standing behind him with the dog. He had no idea. I asked him how it was going. He says, oh, she's doing great. I said, do you realize I've been standing here with a dog for five minutes? And he turned around and he goes, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Right. Oh, I love that. I can see that. So so the dogs really don't care, right? I mean, part of part of what I tell my, my clients is they're, our animals get their cues a lot of times from us. You know, and if we see another dog and we're on tense, nervous, uneasy, something, they pick that up and they'll reflect it out, of course, and they think it's about the other dog, which sort of is, but it's they get it in a different way. You know, they are misunderstanding, sort of. Sort of. So no, we get you're, caught in a catch-22 thing, right? You're quite right, and, and um, even it, to take it a step further with this exact sort of situation like this client and exactly what you're talking about, we see a dog... We show fear or upsetness because our dog is going to respond because we know it has because it did yesterday or it did five minutes ago, right. and the dog senses that. But then there's a whole other aspect that just makes it that much worse is that then the other dog gets by or we get by, and there's this, <sighs> oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. we made we it. Yeah. We survived, and, and our dog says, Look at how relieved my owner is when the other dog is gone. Mm-hmm. Well, c- consciously, that's not what the owner's thinking. The owner's thinking is, look at how relieved I am that my dog made it past the other dog. Right. But the the dog, the aggressive dog that we're holding on the leash, uh, looks at it quite differently. Right. My owner hates dogs. Right. Or is it my afraid, owner's of, afraid of people? Afraid of dogs. Or, uncomfortable yeah. around dogs. Right. Let's protect him. Right. So that's really, I, I think, one of the major things. Like, so your elderly gentleman there, you know, he kept telling his golden that he was worried about these other dogs or, you know, or something. And so the dog is going to try to protect him, try to, you know, take care of his person. And right. the only thing that makes sense to his, to his golden is that it has all, everything to do with that other dog. If I can make them go away or, you know, defend my person, then my then we'll be okay. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Can I turn that around and bring it back to the original yeah. questions you asked me? Yes, you can. And um, so, you know, you, we we talked about positive training and we talked about not addressing the symptoms. And mm-hmm. for so many years, the most common solution is um, reprimand your dog or get your dog in trouble, whether it's itty-bitty trouble or great big trouble. I don't even want to, re- you know, comment on that. Mm-hmm. At the moment, your dog is getting anxious and it's barking at the other dog. And if we take a big, rambunctious, playful dog, Plus, we're not inherently that mean to begin with. I mean, some people are, but uh, we just add more anxiety, more frustration, more if we're willing to fight with the dog, then the dog's willing to fight with us. And so that's where the, the punishment either is going to make the symptoms much worse, we're going to increase stress, or it becomes just a challenge to the dog. You pull, I'll pull. You pull, I'll pull. You push, I'll push. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I said, whereas the, the, the solution is more fun to the dog than the problem. So mm. that the, the problem exacerbates. Mm. Yeah. We make it a challenge for the dog to fight us. We teach them that fighting is, um, and by fighting I mean struggling or pushing or pulling, mm-hmm. holding the dog, restraining the dog, uh, uh, then, then they're fighting with us. We're trying to solve it. They're trying to solve the us trying to solve it. More anxious, more frustration. Yeah. Issue gets worse. Yes. Yeah. And then we're trapped in this what seems to be a never-ending loop. Right. Okay. So, what is the best way to avoid making this mistake? How do we how do we not do that? Well, I think that as we approach the dogs with uh, proper training, then you know we we develop the position of, 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 of a leader and and um uh there there's there's a a couple things. I uh I think that there's unfortunately there's there's a lot of advice out there and um we have a tendency to think we're a leader by getting our dog in trouble and 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 being um uh you know uh, reprimanding our dog in one manner or form. And so I think the first thing that we can do, which again, you know, ties to what I said at the beginning, not letting the dog learn the wrong behavior, mm-hmm. is is start with with management and, and, and control. And to to effectively train a dog, we really need to control all of the, the situation so that we can influence the dog. And uh uh Dog aggression or, 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 or leash reactivity, um, you know, we need to control. We, we, the solution needs to come before the problem occurs, not after the problem occurs. Okay. So, you know, the, the, the first thing we want to do with, with any type of behavior is to avoid letting the dog learn um, the wrong thing from the beginning. Uh, and and at, at best, if it's already learned it, which, of course, you know, when people present a dog uh, to us for training, most often the dog already has learned a problem that we're then trying to solve. Uh, so the, the best thing is not to let the dog continue. And, and uh, very commonly someone will call me and say, um, you know, so what I, what I need to do is have you come over and we're going to go down the street where that dog is that my dog fights with mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you how bad my dog is. Right. And I believe them. I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. And the solution is 
to do a lot of training before we ever go back around that dog, just like the example with the golden, Mm -hmm. so that by the time we get to the problem, it actually isn't a problem anymore. Okay. Let's talk about leash reactivity specifically. Are you okay? Okay. So let's say your dog's already learned to pull and push and get anxious and be aggressive and all that stuff on the leash. And so you're saying what we want to do is start working with them and training them before they before we even get them out walking on the leash in the bad area where they usually react or, you know, are dragging us down the street or knocking us down or something. So what kind of things would you do with them? Um, what other things would you do with them to set them up for success? Well, what I... Um what I describe to uh, clients as a as a generalization is if if we go by um, a dog a hundred times and we have a, uh, a frustrating, reactive, horrible, unpleasant situation, and, and especially since most of these cases, I, I mean, ninety nine something percent of the cases are fear, it might manifest itself in aggressive behavior, but it's it's really a, an element of fear on behalf of the dog in mm-hmm. virtually all of the cases. Oh, really? So okay. reprimanding the dog in or, or creating more anxiety and more tension, I want to stay away from the word reprimanding, okay. um, is, is certainly not going to make the fear go away. And if we have a hundred incidences that are like this that are bad, we have a pretty good bet what the hundred and first incident is going to look like. Yeah. So, like I said, the 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 first thing to do is um, right now to stop that happening again. And then what I would would say is let's let's revisit the first hundred incidences, or let's take the next hundred incidents. And um, if we saw another dog we started playing with our dog or we started feeding our dog or we started doing a game with our dog. We did a fun training session with our dog. Uh, Then when we get to the 101st time we approach a dog, our dog's going to say, bring it on. Every time I see a dog, we have fun. Bring me another dog. Mm -hmm. I love it. Bring me another dog. dog. I love it. Okay. Bring me another dog, I'll take some more food. Bring me another dog, I'll sit for food. Bring me another dog, I'll walk around, I'll jump for food. I'll play with my ball, I'll play with my Frisbee, I'll play with my toy. Mm. I love that. Okay. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. Uh, if we get back to our golden, he said to me, Oh yes, my dog will will take food around the other dogs. Most dogs won't. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of work to do to get our dog to the point where it will stop and it will pay attention to us and it will be able to relax and it will change from a mm-hmm. um anxious place to a happy place. Okay. He said my dog won't. Yes, it'll take the food, but as soon as it's done with the food, it turns around, runs back wants to you know, have a, an issue with the other dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, and it's a great example because it was able to happen in an hour, what I did was give him some tools and some element of leadership. His dog was very comfortable. It was balanced. It was stable. It was easy to get a lot of progress with the training. Okay. 
I said, dog, I'll give you some food if you sit for one second. Dog says, no problem. Mm -hmm. I will give you more food if you sit for one more second. Dog says, no problem. Now, dog, I want five seconds. Mm -hmm. Now, dog, I want ten seconds. Now, dog, I want you to be waiting, saying, hey, what do I have to do to get more food? Mm -hmm. I need to be a good dog. You've showed me how I can get more food. I'm going to be a good dog for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so now when we introduce the distraction dog, his dog's already prepared to pay attention. His dog looks at him as a leader. His dog looks at him as the provider of the good things in life. Okay. So the next thing that's really hard, we, we, we uh, you know, you said the best ways to avoid or, or what are the common mistakes. Um, whatever we use to reward our dog, whether it's food or petting or toys or play or walks, the dog has to want it. So we've got to start by figuring out what our dog wants. And then, unfortunately, uh, it's a, a hard um, thing for clients to understand, but we've got to take it away, everything that they want, and then give it back to them. So if they get all of the petting they want, all of the treats they want, all of the toys they want, all of the food they want, then we have very little tools to reward our dog. Yeah, that's true. It's like they so what I did, did is, what I did is, I had this gentleman bring the dog's meal that it was already ready to eat. Okay. So we had a lot of this particular dog was was, and as I said, just happened the other day. It's a perfect example of the best case scenario. Got lots of dogs that are the worst case scenario that we can't go out around distractions and say, "Hey, dog, take a goodie." Oh, sure, no problem. I didn't know that's all I had to do. Mm-hmm. The behavior is much worse. The dog is much more stressed, and then we have to go on a program of leadership and a program of changing the dog's frame of mind from one of excuse me, changing the dog's frame of mind from one of being entitled to one of having some needs and some expectations and some willingness to adapt. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I can relate to this. Um, my dog, Einstein, when he's stressed, um, he won't take food at all. So I don't have a lot of rewards I can give him at that point, you know, that to get his attention. Uh, so I work with other things, um, but I totally relate to that. So I know a lot of dogs, if they're stressed, they're not going to take food. And what would be an, a typical reward in a normal home, you know, or safe environment situation doesn't work when they're out and about, you know, or being challenged. Right. Well, that's ex- that's exactly the case. And we, we use that um, when a dog will and won't take food mm-hmm. is, is one good measurement of the dog's stress. And it's um, the... the the whole thing I'm trying to achieve with training is to avoid and eliminate stress. Mm-hmm. So we go on a on a progression and we build up the dog's comfort level and the dog's ability to focus and the dog's ability to relax. 
and uh, start in an area they're they're more comfortable, and then move to an area where they're slightly less comfortable, but over a huge gradual transition. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, you know, to deal with um, a dog like Einstein to get him comfortable, you know, we look for all the things that he wants, all the things that he will take as a reward and enjoy and achieve pleasure from, uh, and and we work on building on those. Yeah, got it. Thanks. So what is one piece of advice that you would give people about dog training? Well, I think the the the, the one piece of advice that I would have to give now is, um, you know, that there's there's a lot of information out there, and everyone seems to be an expert. Yeah. And so it's very easy for your cousin, your brother, your mother, your neighbor, your roommate, all to have a suggestion of what to do with dog training. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, with the, you know, the the internet has, uh, the the internet, media, television, uh, there, you know, there's, there's trainers information out there, and I'm not pointing at anyone in particular, because there's hundreds if not thousands of them and the question is you know which piece of advice to follow and which piece of conflicting advice to follow um, so uh, you know i would i would start with um, don't don't do anything with your dog that goes against your ideologies and um, i'll give you a, a, a classic example uh, it's uh, i don't know this doesn't come as a horror story but it's not great uh, and a, a client told me that they were working with a trainer and their their dog pulled and the trainer pulled back on the dog. The dog did a backflip, landed on its back, knocked the wind out of his dog. Uh, and she goes, but he never pulled again. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I, I would just hope that 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 would you know something like that would and there, there's there, there are many much worse stories than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but but um, uh, people there's no there's no legislation in dog training. There are no requirements in dog training except yeah. that you need to say pay me or not don't pay me and I'll tell you how to train your dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, uh, lots of things lots of things work. But the the you know what I'm what I my goal in educate educating people is is to show them things that work better and avoid okay. stress and avoid pain. Um, yeah, and I think you know a big part of why that's so important is that when you're in stress or pain or tension, anxiety, fear, all of those things take a toll on our health. Right. You know, and our well being. Right. Um, and, and it also, of course, goes to create an unstable dog. And when you've got an unstable dog, you've got a unpredictable dog um, and a dangerous one, perhaps. You know? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Got it. So what can we do then to avoid dogs becoming frustrated and having an unwillingness to change? Well, um, I think that that's there, – there, there, there are lots of things that I would put under the category of leadership and 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 believe it believe it or not i think i think that in the course of um our relationship with a dog uh if we 
teach a dog that they need to adapt if if you if you don't teach the dog that it needs to adapt and you don't teach the dog that any it, anything is ever going to change you you get a dog that is going to become frustrated is going to become highly stressed when um something happens different than what they're expecting okay so um uh and and you you'd also asked me um earlier uh, if 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 I would address separation anxiety yeah. and what one of the things that I think um can be a you know a, a huge benefit to to separation anxiety of avoidance uh or or uh, you know treatment to to well, to avoid it is is you know get get a dog used to being alone get a dog used to being restricted get a dog used to being away from you a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. and and uh, a lot of frustration a lot of bad behavior occurs because of frustration barrier frustration in particular uh, and it can range from aggression to destructive behavior scratching at doorways yeah. um severe separation anxiety of course dogs breaking down uh blinds and windows and screens and 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 uh you know ripping up carpets to try to get through through doorways mm-hmm. um, so uh uh you know one one of the things that uh, uh an example uh Long before I was a dog trainer, I had a dog in college, and I got the dog when it was a very young puppy. Mm-hmm. I was able to socialize it well. But one of the things that became very obvious to me looking back on it was that in college, every three months my schedule changed. Ah. So when the dog was, was growing up, uh, it it might have gotten fed at seven in the morning it might have gotten fed at 10 in the morning i might have come home at two in the afternoon i might have come home at six at night i might have come home at 10 and left for a little while and come back again mm-hmm. uh, i traveled a lot with the dog so the dog was used to going to different places being in different places and it was used to being left so many of these things that i had to do naturally as a result of my schedule being a student were a huge benefit to the dog ah, okay. and I was able to go and bring that dog anywhere, say, dog, you need to wait here. I'm going to go out with my friends. We're going to go play a game. We're going to go out, see something, and we'll be back. We'll mm-hmm. be back in an hour. We'll be back in a couple hours. We'll be back, you know, mm-hmm. dog, stay here with my friend. He's going to take care of you. I'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the dog never had a problem with that because <laughs> it was adapted to that from the time it was very little. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So... I'm really glad you're bringing up the separation anxiety. I know this is a really big deal for anyone who struggles with this issue. Why do you think it actually occurs? Do you think it's just because they had too stable a time frame and they weren't taught to be adaptable? I mean, is that do you think that's really the source of it? Well, uh, I think that's an uh, a, an, an over generalization or or simplifi- simplification okay um uh we you know the example that i gave with 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 my dog in college um is is an extreme to one end um uh i had somebody call me you know you 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 asked if i could throw out some some stories and mm-hmm. and uh uh, somebody called me with with a dog. They had a problem leaving it alone, and they were retired. So one of the first things is when you know we're a stay at home mom or 
uh, a retired or self-employed that work out of the house, mm-hmm. we tend to have a lot more flexibility and a lot more ability to be with our dog more. Mm-hmm. So this this couple called me, and lit- literally they did not leave the dog alone, and they described where on you know, Wednesdays he went and played golf and she stayed home with the dog. Mm-hmm. And on Thursdays she went and got her hair done and he stayed home with the dog. Mm-hmm. And then when they went out and they did errands, they'd bring the dog with them in the car and when they'd go to the market, one of them would sit in the car with the dog and the other one would go into the market and then they'd mm-hmm. go to a store that the other needed to go and the other would sit in the car with the dog and the other would go into the store. Mm-hmm. And so the dog had never had a chance to be alone and we had accommodated the dog. Uh, it was never uh, taught that it was okay to be alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's it's uh, it's possible that in the, the particular case I'm referring to, that the dog, um, they might have adopted it as an older dog. It might have come with separation anxiety, or they could have brought it up from a puppy in this way and, and been mm-hmm. retired. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. We have to start teaching a dog to accept some degree of separation. Okay. And there's a big difference between the solution when there's a severe problem to prevention when we don't have a problem yet. Okay. So what are the steps that we can take to preventing it in the first place? Well, uh, the, the w- one of the things that I think makes a, a huge difference in uh what I will say will give us leadership in uh, general is is you know n- no 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 rules and no structure teaches the dog that it can do whatever it wants whenever it wants. Okay. So some rules and some structure and structure is my euphemism for restricting the dog somewhere. Get it used to being in a crate. Get it used to being in the other room. If you walk out to take out the trash, close the door, and let the dog wait in the house when you take out the trash. Mm -hmm. When you're out in the yard with the dog and you're barbecuing and you go into the house to get another plate to bring out to the barbecue, close the door and don't let the dog follow you into the house. Okay. So those are just simple little easy steps to get the dog used to not following you, not following you around. Okay. by um uh one one of the the things that I think is a is a classic example is is you know we tell our kids you know you need to get up and and you need to be at the school bus at uh t- ten minutes to seven and then from uh seven fifteen to seven thirty you have free time and from seven thirty to eight thirty you're in homeroom mm-hmm. and from eight thirty to nine you're in p e and from nine to ten you're in such and such a class and then when you come home you know you're going to go to piano for an hour and you're going to go to soccer for an hour and then when you sit you sit at this seat at the table and I sit at this seat at the table and you get this bedroom and I get this bedroom mm-hmm. and everybody thinks that's perfectly normal to do with their child yeah and then they take their dog and they go dog you go wherever you want whenever you want it doesn't matter and we'll reward you and love you no matter what, and you'll have all the tools and food you, and toys and everything, you know, and with no restriction. And, yeah. 
Right. So what you've you've continued exactly what I'm saying, which is the recipe for disaster. Ah. And 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 you you know I'm 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 not saying we obviously have to care for our dogs. Obviously have to care for our dogs. Right. Or our pets, all of our pets. Uh, but but I think you you were playing off on something that I already said is that if we give them unlimited food and unlimited toys and unlimited access, then what do we have to reward them with later? Right. Right. And why should they work for it? Or why should they even care what we want? Because it's not important to them. They already have everything they could possibly want handed to them pretty much on a golden platter. And so if they get upset, you know... We get stuck. We got you're right. We got nothing to reward. We got nothing left, you know, to reward. I'm really glad you brought that up. So unlimited toys, food and access and affection are recipes for disaster, right? No structure. Um and like you said, no restriction or restraining periodically, no rules, no boundaries, no limitations. All of that is a recipe for disaster with dogs. Yeah, and and I I I think that you know when it, when I said you know there's a there's a lot of advice out there um it's very hard to interpret what is actually good advice and bad advice and we're learning more and more about dogs and 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 body language but I think the first thing that the average layperson interprets when we say there should be rules is that they need to tell their dog what they're doing wrong ah and okay. that's not what I mean by rules. What I mean by rules is we need to teach our dog what to do right. We need to teach our dog, hey, you know what, you, let, me, let me show you how to be over there. Be over there for one minute. Oh, good dog, here's a toy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good dog, here's yeah. a toy. Yeah. Good dog, here's a treat. Be over there for one minute. In fact, I'll tie you up by your bed and give you a toy. And now you're not going to learn to chew in the uh, uh, furniture. You're not going to learn to get in the trash. You're not going to learn to get on the couch. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go barking at the front door because you don't have access to any of those. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a toy. I'm going to reward you for being on your bed. We do a whole lesson with clicker training of clicking and treating for the dog, learning to settle on their mat. Ah, okay. And after two or three Five-minute lessons, two or three ten-minute lessons, the dog looks at its bed and says, well, I'm running over there. You always pay me when I run over there. That's sure a lot better place to engage our dog than when they run up to the back of the couch, jump on the windowsill, and stick their nose and break the mini blinds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But chasing them through the house for... So, so, you know, the, the common layperson says... Oh boy, I should have chased him through the house and told him no when he jumped at the mini blinds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, because that's actually going to make it worse. What you should have done. That's a fun game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chase me, chase me. Oh boy, get excited. I like excitement. Right. Right, that's a reward. People forget that. So, you know, what we do is we try to put our dog in a position to learn by us being a, you know, I I, I think of it as, as uh you know we're their we're their their coach we're their mentor and we need to uh, teach them what to do. We can't just expect them to know it. Yeah. We yeah. need to teach our dogs what we want, how to behave. Yes. And then we end up with the behavior that we want. 
Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> if it were magic, I'd be out of a job. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever be out of a job, Jonathan. I, I think we have a long way to go. Most dog owners have a long way to go to figure all this out. But I'm really glad you brought that point up because I know that you know what you focus on, you get more of. You know what what right. are you feeding? You get more of. Um, right. And if we're always focusing on what they're doing wrong, like you said, chasing through the house, getting excited, um, that's a reward. And if they have you know no rules and restrictions and boundaries, and you know, and and we're um, chasing the wrong behavior, then they'll never be any better and you're right we're not being good coaches and mentors to our dogs who need us to tell them what to do right that's really the key they want to know yep. what to do right yep, I they're agree. not trying to be bad dogs they just need to know what to do right so i love that so jonathan how can people get more well i have uh i i operate a dog training center in los angeles okay uh, it's called i said sit and it's <laughs> uh one, oh, thank you. Uh, it's one of the only um, full dog schools that's just specifically a dog school. We do boarding, we do daycare, but it's just specifically for training. Okay. Um, and I also have a website. Uh, I said sit as a website, I said sit.com. And I have another website where I answer behavioral questions. It's called the dogbehaviorexpert.com. Okay. And we do have a Q&A on there. Um, ask the trainer section um, so uh, uh, they can contact us through the website and of course uh, uh, you'll have some links to us on your website yes we will I love what you're doing it's so critically important I am a dog lover I have a dog I know intimately how difficult things can get I work with people all the time on this and I'm delighted that you're there to help people answer questions Offer guidance. Teach us what we know, need to know to be a good, good dog parent. You know, a good dog coach and mentor. Um, now you have videos also, Jonathan, don't you? You have a. Uh, we have, yeah, we have videos on our YouTube channel. You can okay. link to them from our website, Excellent. or you okay. can uh, go. The YouTube channel is is Dog Pro LA, as in Dog Professional Los Angeles. Okay. And. Um, uh, we also uh, have a Facebook page uh, for I Said Sit, and there's uh, should be links there to everything. Cool. But we're, we're, we'll, we'll get connected to you, and we'll get everyone who needs to connected to us. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, and anyone who needs your phone number for the I Said Sit School for Dogs, um, that is 1-800-400-T-R-A-I-N-TRAIN. Or eight seven two four. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So one eight hundred four hundred train T R A I N or eight seven two four. Okay. Your websites again are www.isaidsit.com and thedogbehaviorexpert.com. So I hope everyone listening who has dogs knows dogs knows people who have dogs uh, sends them to you to teach us how to be better dog our, our dog's best friend how can we be our dog's best friend if we're not a good dog coach and mentor no oh, that's great i love that thanks so much for your time jonathan well thanks for having me it was great to talk to you and uh be happy to help anytime 
Love it. Thank you so much. Okay, so we'll end it here, everybody. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later, Jonathan. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.